Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or in Tuscaloosa. Or at Brupolo over in Tupelo, it would be a little odd, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Georgetown. That would be odd. So we've had the last two days, we've had uh, Marietta, mm-hmm. which, which is one person reached out to us. A big, which is a big, a relatively big place in Georgia. Yes. And Georgetown, which is. Which is it's like a suburb of Technically Washington, a part of Washington. Yeah. I guess. It's a named neighborhood after, or something, yeah. Named after George Washington, right? As far as I know. Okay. So Mississippi, there's some big places out there. Yeah. They might actually be small, but they're they're big too. Everything everything's bigger in Mississippi, as far as I'm concerned. Never mind Texas. Well, wherever you are in our great state, if you're looking for strange brew coffee every morning, the same way we have it in Startville, Tuscaloosa, and Tupelo. You can just order it and ship it right to you. Strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. That's the place to find it. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter, they got you covered. All the great flavors, including the super awesome and new maple bacon pancake. Maple bacon pancake coffee, man. That's what what will they think of next, Robbie Falk? I don't know. Uh College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you are looking for. If you're looking for new new clothing, they've certainly got that. But they've got all the great gear for the car, for the house, for your tailgate, whatever it is, Mississippi State, they've got it. New new items are coming in all the time, so check them out. Two locations in Jackson, in the Jackson area, originally by Fleet Feet, flowed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler remains Starkville's flagship restaurant, the best blue plate in town if you're looking for lunch, best fine dining in town if that's what you want to do for dinner. And if you're on Sunday after church and you want to get brunch, they've got the best one of that as well. The food's fantastic. The service is the service is always top notch. There's a reason why they've been around for so long, and there's a reason why I call them the best. Go check it out for yourself next time you're in town. Head over to Restaurant Tyler. We are pleased to welcome a new sponsor to uh, the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Please welcome Priority One Bank. 16 locations in central Mississippi to serve you, uh, all the way from Ridgeland down into Bellevue, Mississippi. They are that, and that tells you we're talking about people who know the small towns and they know Mississippi customers. Uh, Priority One Bank, their accounts, you can manage them from anywhere when you have internet access. Their online banking and bill pay service lets you do a lot more than just check your balance. You can transfer funds, make payments, set alerts, and a whole lot more. And they make your life easier by providing local decisions on making loans. So you need to call your local Priority One branch today for more information. Or you can visit them online at PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Before we get into the rumblings, we actually have some news. Normally we go to the rumblings, we just we just dive right in. But not today. We got too much to talk about. Let's start off, though. Huge game for Mississippi State basketball. A game they absolutely can't lose against the worst team, not only in the SEC, but one of the worst teams in the country. They have to win this game in Columbia, South Carolina. Did they win it? One man knows the truth. Let's go now to our one and only correspondent here on Thunder and Lightning, Future Brian. Thanks, guys. This is Future Brian reporting to you 
from the future. Mississippi State wins in Columbia, South Carolina in convincing fashion. 66-51 is the final score. State shoots again 52.9% from the field. Their field goal shooting has just become more consistent over these past three games, and it's no surprise they've played their best those last three games. 9 of 12 from the free throw line. Can't complain there. Not a great night shooting the ball from three-point range, but Inside the three-point line, they, they're just incredible. That They would have been 24 of 39. Just some quick math in my head, that's, that's about 60%. I mean, that is really good. And then defensively, just strong again, holding uh, South Carolina to 34% shooting, out-rebounding the Gamecocks uh, by six, and points in the paint, just absolute domination by Mississippi State, 42 points to 16, 19 points on the fast break to two. We've been talking about that. That State has struggled getting transition buckets. They did a good job of that tonight. They forced 18 turnovers and got 21 points off of them. Just a really good performance up and down. Shaq Moore with a new career high, 22 points on 9 of 11 shooting. Really good for him. Tolu also in double figures with 15 and 8. And Tyler Stevenson giving great minutes off the bench, 6 of 10 shooting, 12 points. That little mid-range jumper is just clutch. I would honestly at this point move Tyler Stevenson into the starting lineup aside from DJ Jeffries. who had another rough night, two of six shooting. He did have four rebounds, uh, excuse me, four rebounds and played, you know, kind of his normal kind of game. Just, just, I don't even know that slump's the right word for DJ Jeffries at this point. He's more broken than anything else, to be totally honest with you. I, I don't know how, how he's going to get it back, but. Great night for everybody else out there. Uh, Deshaun Davis, only two points for him, but five assists, four rebounds. Cam Matthews, eight points, three rebounds. Again, just defensively, the team was really, really good. Uh, No points from anybody else. So is that correct? Outside of Stevenson, only the starters got on the score sheet uh, for Mississippi State. And now State's won two in a row. Uh, They will play Missouri on Saturday. When I last I checked... Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't checked tonight. Actually, who is Missouri playing tonight in basketball? You think future Brian would know these things? Uh, they play tomorrow, so they play tonight. As you're listening, uh, they have they host LSU, so that's a game they should win. So that sets up a really nice game for Mississippi State on Saturday, five o'clock tip uh, for the Bulldogs and the Tigers in a I think a quad two matchup. Interesting tweet from my good friend Stefan Krasnick, who. Uh, Found the uh, the Ken Palm numbers uh, for this team. Ken Palm is a, is an analytical model. It's a good one. Uh, they predict State to go seven and two in the remaining nine games, with three quad one and five quad two victories. Twenty one and ten, nine and nine in the conference. Guys, that's not only in the tournament. That would be comfortably in. That would probably be a a five or six seed. To be totally honest with you, maybe a seven seed. Um, the stretch that he predicts, win Saturday, win versus LSU, loss at Arkansas, win versus Kentucky, win at Ole Miss, loss at Missouri, win at A&M versus A&M, win versus South Carolina, and finish the season with win at Vandy. I would say that that's, that's a little unlikely. I just, the Kentucky game immediately stands out to me as one I would, I would not trust State to win. Um, and then you know we'll see what happens this Saturday. But even if State were to go six and three in that stretch and finish twenty and eleven, eight and ten, I think if they went to the SEC tournament and won a game or two, they would still be pretty comfortably in. Uh, so the analytics really like Mississippi State. There's no question about that. Um, you know, and, and it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the of, of, of non-conference play that the way they played and winning all those games and not having a bad loss has just really helped this team. State's currently 54 in the, in the net as of today before the South Carolina game. South Carolina may actually drop them a little bit because South Carolina is so bad, but we'll see how that goes. He did win on a true road win doesn't hurt you for sure. Um, but a win over Missouri, who is currently 46th in the net, and they should go up if they beat LSU. So they could be 43-44. That'll be a good quad two opportunity for you. And that's a good resume win for Mississippi State. So Good win for the Bulldogs, one they absolutely had to have, but they dominated the game, led for most of it, um, led for yeah, basically three-quarters of the game, uh, outscored the Gamecocks by six in the first half, nine in the second half, uh, led by, I guess the final margin was actually the largest lead as well. I'm sorry, they led by 20 at one point, uh, 66-46. Good game for the Bulldogs. They needed to have it, and they got it. So we'll see what happens Saturday when Missouri comes to town, but that is a huge game for Mississippi State. Basketball. I think we're going to have a good crowd at the Humphrey Coliseum for that one. I think there'll be a, a, a bunch of people there 
We will see. All right, let's go back to the studio. Plenty to talk about today. Let's go back to current day, Brian and Robbie. All right, thanks to Future Brian. Appreciate his time, and he let us know what all happened there today. What happened, Boy, Robbie? Brian, that was, a, that, was a, uh, that was a really good win for State or an awful loss. It's one or the other. I, I don't want to uh, – I don't want to commit to either one just yet. Uh, hey, speaking of commit. Right, big commitment for Mississippi State. Alexa Fortin, a setter out of uh, Johns Creek, Georgia. Commits to Mississippi State volleyball. Uh, she and her fiance, he's irrelevant. He's a tight end. Uh, no, congrats to her, though. She is, she is committed to Mississippi State, a package deal. Uh, but the fiance is the one that we'll focus on here. And that's Ryland Godey, the tight end out of uh, the University of Georgia. Uh, as we said on yesterday's show, not a guy who will be here for the spring, but will be here summer and fall uh, to begin his career at Mississippi State. Got one on the roster. They did it. They finally got one. Yep. I'm supposed to talk to Rylan tonight mm-hmm. um, and going to do a, a YouTube interview with him. I thought it would be really interesting to do that because, you know, he's a podcaster. Um, seems yeah. to be I – th- I think he's going into or about to graduate in communication. I mean, he seems to be a guy that's really good at, at that kind of stuff. So I figured it would be cool to have an interview with him um in that setting so i'm excited about that but um again i I trust the evaluations of kirby smart when it comes to tight ends um he obviously knows what he's looking for and these aren't guys that are just going to go out there and be attached tight ends that are just going to be an extension of the offensive line they're going to be eventually a big part of kevin barbet's offense and it's obvious that he wants to utilize the tight end this year. We talked about the possibility of, you know, you don't you don't have to commit to that. He's I, th- I don't think he's a guy that's just going to force something in there. But it's nice to have that option so he can run the offense the way he wants to. And I think this is a good fit for both parties. Uh, Rylan Goaty was not going to play it at Georgia, let's be honest. I mean, this is his, I think, his final year. Of eligibility, if not a couple more, I haven't really looked. I think he has two more years of eligibility. Okay, well that's that's good. So a couple of years, you're going to sit behind Brock Bowers again next year, right? Um, and is Darnell Washington? He's gone on to the a, NFL, but I mean, okay. they they just they have they're uh, just reloading though. They have commitments from two five star tight ends. So. Yeah, I mean it's just a it's a crowded room. It's kind of like how Mississippi State's quarterback room was becoming, but in, on a much bigger scale. Um, so this is a great opportunity for him. He is the only tight end. He doesn't have to fight off anybody right now. And for Mississippi State, you're looking for a guy that can come in and impact your team right away. He's been playing with the best wide receiver group in America. I mean, tight end group in America. He's been playing in an offense that really promotes the tight ends. So while he doesn't have a whole lot of you know experience or a, a lot of numbers in that regard – He's a guy that's he's been you know sharpening the iron with some of the best in the game. So I think it's a good fit for Mississippi State. How many more tight ends do you think they add to the roster here in year one? Do they just try to maybe get one more guy and then maybe next year begin the recruiting process of a couple, or do do you try to load up and get two more? I mean, at some point numbers are going to get tight, and you got to have your other positions covered too. We've heard that State would like to get another uh, quarterback. Heard that state maybe would want to look, you know, wants to see what happens in the spring, but could possibly reevaluate and want to bring in another running back. Um, how many more tight ends do you see in year one for for this offense? I don't know if they will. I mean, there's going to be that other transfer portal uh, wave. I think coming mm-hmm. in, in May the, in in this late spring, early summer. Yeah, so that's another opportunity there, but. Again, I just I don't think that you have to just force guys in there, just get warm bodies just because. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have that tight end, and if something happens with, with Goaty and he goes down, then maybe you can adjust without a tight end. I don't know. But um, 
it's going to be really interesting to see. Do you, uh, again, we've talked about this possibility of moving Antonio Harmon to tight end. Does, does that come to fruition? I think it, I think it works for him. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a ton of more opportunities for him on the outside at wide receiver. I think he's getting past there. So this is a chance to new lease of life for him uh, at tight end. And it gives Mississippi State some more depth. I think he's got the body to do it. You can put on a little more, uh, muscle a little more pounds on him to make it work. I don't. I just don't think you need to go stretch to go get some guys here. But I really wish the Goatee was coming in the fall yeah. or in the spring. I, I think that would be really beneficial for him in Mississippi State to have him already entrenched in the offense. But having a guy that's kind of an upperclassman that's been playing in the SEC, it's a lot easier for him to adjust than it might be for somebody else. We'll see how it turns out for Mississippi State, but. For the first time since, uh, you know, 2019, you will see TE on the roster uh, for Mississippi State. So, yeah, somebody made a good point to me today, and I think, you know, Gody had been told this too. I don't think Mississippi State has recruited a tight end in like four and a half years. No, why would they have? That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's wild to think about that. Like a, a, you have not recruited a, a position for almost so five years. You didn't. You didn't. You know, Moorhead's last class, the class of twenty twenty, as I recall, did not have a tight end in it because you had some young tight ends on the roster. Looking here, let's see, class of twenty twenty, no tight ends in that. So go back to twenty nineteen. Let me see if I can find it here. Twenty nineteen class. And give it to me. What I, I'd, I'd bet the last tight end they really recruited was Jaquarius Spivey. That's what I was thinking. I mean, and, and you know, when, I don't remember when Cumbus came in. He was. Were they the same class? That's what I'm trying to trying to look at here. So, but I think he was class, before Spivey. Gosh, that's 20, 2019 that they didn't have a they didn't have a tight end in there either. So that's Moorhead's first class, right? I guess mm-hmm. that's his first full class. Because he, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So 2018, you got to go back to that to find a tight end. So that's that's five full recruiting classes, assuming I find one in here. So, yes, yeah, nuts. 2018, yeah, Jaquarius Spivey was signed in that class, as was Brad Compass. And, and Compass was like in the summer or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, so he was. He, I think he was a, a late commitment. Let me, let me see if I can look at his profile here. Uh, great radio we're doing right this second, but you know what? We're getting the news to you. He commit. Uh, no, he signed. He signed on the, on early signing day, so he was good. He signed on this, December twentieth, twenty seventeen. That's still crazy. Like it's been, it's been two head coaches yeah. and. Like almost five years. That's what happens when you play the air raid. So it's just, I mean, I get it. But now it's a different day and we'll see what we'll see where it takes us. So yes, Ryland Goaty on on board. We'll see who's to come. All right. Let's finally do this. Let's jump into the rumblings. Before we do that, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors, our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you're looking for a great meal for your family this weekend, or if you're just Looking for something for yourself. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're, you're you're single and you're like, you hear me talk, you're like, oh, for my family, it's just me, Brian. What should I do? Go buy yourself a steak. Just go get you a ribeye and cook it for dinner tonight, man. That's First off, that's something that's only going to take a few minutes to cook. If you cook it right. Treat yourself. Good. Yeah, treat yourself. Treat yourself 2023. So, that's right. head over to the, the meat market, the butcher shop. Tell them to cut you a big, thick ribeye. Hey, you know what? Just because it's Wednesday, why not? Do it. Enjoy yourself with beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's also the place to find Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk quite often. We're just in there from time to time. You never know. We're like we'll a, just stop on through. We're like a bad penny. We always turn up. So when you want outstanding food, great customer service, a great location, and just a good overall experience. When you want that consistency, that's what I want from a restaurant. I say it many times. I want to be able to know that when I'll go in there today, it's the same as I went in there the last time. 
That's what you get at Two Brothers. It's the home of smoked southern soul food. Two Brothers smoked meats on University Drive, the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise it to you. But Advantage Business Systems can prove they deliver it to you. And that proof is in the fact they've been open for 48 years. Nobody stays open that long unless they take care of their customers. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then when you need service, call them right back. No out-of-state consultants, no overseas call centers. It's just easy. It's all done with a phone call, and it's done with somebody who you know and you have a relationship with. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, it's time for you guys to get some new polos, new quarter zips in your rotation, and you need to check out the ones they're selling at the Rogue. Fantastic looking, great, great clothes, great name brands, and they've got the logos that you want. If you're tired of wearing a banner M that you can see from the space station and you want a nice, subtle M over S or script state, you need to head to the Rogue. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson or shop online at therogue.com. Check them out on Instagram. They're always showing off the new stuff there. The Rogue JXN. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. It is rumblings time, Robbie. we got some good questions today. Let's just jump right into them. Uh, Robbie, when you get a chance, can you ask your buddy Michael Hardy? What's with the Michael? Why are we so formal? Isn't he just Hardy? Name dropping. I know. Uh, what what the hard rock, rock stuff has done for his margins since he went that route, I can't get enough of it. So I guess the answer to this question uh, probably is just like, sure, I'll do it. I, I would like to. I'm supposed to talk to him at some point as soon as the schedule clears up. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to him the other day, and I'm trying to set up an interview. Uh, so hopefully that can that can happen. I would try to get him I'd, on. If you see if he if he's willing to come on with you and I, and we'll talk to him before the uh, the concert in Oxford. I would love to I'm, see, I'm, see, see if you can make it. If you can't, it's cool. But if you, you know if we can, that'll be fun. We'll talk to him. We'll tell tell him we won't even talk that much about music. We'll talk some MSU sports with him. I just I want to know his whole thought process behind this album because it's just it's a fascinating album. Yeah, um, and it's like nothing. I don't. I don't know if anybody's ever done anything like this before. Yeah. So I, all I know is the album is top ten in the U.S. on Spotify, maybe or I can't remember exactly which uh, platform, but it's top ten in the U.S. among any album right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's obviously doing really well. There you go. Uh, Brian, where did you get that beautiful guitar riff of the fight song that plays near the end of the live show every Wednesday? That is, that's an old thing. It's, I remember that back in like 2012, 2013, getting put out there, that, that electric guitar version of Hail State. Um, I know you can find it online. I know it's on YouTube, if nothing else. So, but that being said, if, if I, if you can't find it, tweet at Rhino, R-Y-N-O, rants and ask him because he's the one who found it. Um, more likely, Robbie, states men make the NCAA tournament as the last four buys, which means they would not play the play-in game, or state baseball host in the postseason. Um, it's a good question. Which way are you leaning? I would, I would lean towards baseball, okay, because I think state has the roster to be a really good baseball team. Mm-hmm. And it's, it happens more often than it does for basketball. So that that's where I would lean. And right now, basketball's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's basketball, though, to be totally honest with you. I will be surprised if this team hosts this baseball team. I think they can be good. I think they can be on the bubble for hosting, but I just see them as a two-seed somewhere else. Just Just because I have so many questions right now. But if you were looking at the roster, like, would it completely shock you if they not completely shock me? But at the same time, I still have these questions, especially about the pitching staff. And until I see them answered, that's just that's just where I lean. I think this basketball thing is about to get hot. I really do. They can, but my point is, they still have a ton of work to do. They do, and you're talking about, I mean, you're 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 talking about seven out of ten games 
I mean, you I, have to win. I don't disagree. And, that, and even then, I don't know if they're going to be in the tournament. I think but, eight wins gets them in, but that's eight out of ten games. I agree. That's it's going to be difficult. But I'm just saying, for me, you know, the, the, the baseball team was last in the SEC last year. They finished, what, nine and 21 in the conference. That is a long road to come back. I just, I want, I want to see some, I want to see them play a little bit, you know, before I would think, yeah, that's the team that can host. Yeah, but in 2016, we saw them go from last to first. They did. And if I can, but at uh, the same time, in that in that year, I think we all kind of knew what you had with Dakota Hudson. And you you had an idea he was going to be a good Friday frontline starter, but they still had quite, they still had a lot of questions. I would not. I don't think any them in 20, yeah. in, in 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 January to have been a host. Certainly not to but, have been in the SEC. But the my, my point is, this happens like Mississippi State hosts a lot. Yeah. So Wick, we've seen them do this a lot. Like, sure. it, it's not a far fetched thing for them. Yeah, I'm not saying to me it's like them getting into the NCAA tournament is much more has been much more difficult. Okay. Than well, I, um, I just disagree with you. You disagree that it's been much more difficult. No, I disagree with you that right now. That I feel like it's more likely that they will be a in the field of 64, not 68, as opposed to being a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. Well, you realize that all that has to happen for Mississippi State to for this pipe dream to go away is for them to lose tonight as we're recording. If Future this. Brian has reported that they lost that game, then yes, I'm I'm out. So but that so that's all I it can't. takes is one of those games to happen. Yeah. And Mississippi State has a full fifty game schedule coming up in baseball where they can I make don't something. think they're gonna lose those games though. So. Okay. That, fair enough. All right. Uh, Steve Mormon, did you see Zach Arnett turning the offense over to his OC completely like Coach Leach did with him with the defense? I plan to ask him that. Hopefully, uh, you can go back and find the interview uh, when Zach Arnett joins us today on Sports Talk Mississippi. I seriously doubt he's going to be involved at all in the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, I mean, what is his, what's his background in offense? Right. I think I think that was kind of the point of you know selling this job to offensive coordinators and I think that's why they had uh you know Kendall Browse in their sights and had a chance was it's a full like full-fledged like this is your side of the ball kind of thing. And he's in one of the things he keeps bringing up is that coach's manifesto thing that Leach gave to his coaching staff. And I think a lot of what – a lot of how he's going to manage his coaching staff is going to be how Mike Leach managed his coaching staff. That's that's the vibe I get from him. And I'm, I imagine that's the answer you're going to get probably too. Yeah. Uh, Derek Smith, with the new <clears throat> football coaching change, comes the question, what song with Coach Arnett want played before the fourth quarter? I don't think he's going to care. I don't. He, that, that seems like a question. Be like, I literally couldn't give any less of a crap. If I, I I'd be scared to ask him that question. I'm, I'm not asking. Not even going to do it. Well, I don't think he, that. I don't think that's a. This is the appropriate time to talk about that. Like, I'm I'm the head football coach. I don't work in marketing. I don't. I don't. I don't worry about music. I worry about what the game plan is. That's my job. He'd probably be like, "What are you, some kind of idiot or something?" Yeah, exactly. Maybe you need to be the one who asked that question then. Let's continue this rivalry. Everybody, everybody, just send your questions through me. These yeah. stupid questions yeah. that you think I need to ask, and I'll just handle it. Yeah. Andy Whitt- Whittington says, Brian, how often are you confused with Lee Weisskopf? Has anyone ever seen the you two in the same room together? I literally have no idea who that is. Who is Lee well, Weisskopf? I I don't know. Do you know? You don't know. You can't help me on this. Well, let me let me uh. Let me look this up here. I Google them there. You do it. I, I'll, I'll wait for a uh, a thing. He is the d- director of university governmental support at Mississippi State. Never met him. Does he look like me? He kind of does, actually. Okay, I'll I'll send you a picture. All right. This is coming like via Twitter DM or or what? I, I'll text you. Text me a picture. All right, so we'll have live reaction here of me seeing. I'll, what I'll get the one like. with the beard. Well, that would that would help because he probably wouldn't. I don't think people can look like me if they don't have a beard. 
I haven't had I haven't not had a beard since April of 2020. This is like yeah, I'm, I'm done shaving. I'm done shaving. One of my done longest with streaks going with a beard. Normally, I just get like every year or so. I just want I want it, but I haven't done. All right, here we go. Eh. A little bit, yeah. I can see it. So, no, no one's ever confused me with him though, and I I have never been in the same room to him, with him to my knowledge, unless we're counting like. You know, I'm sure he's been to football games and basketball games before I was there. So. Where, well, who asked that question? Uh, his name is Andy Whittington. Okay. Well, there you go. Mangum Cafe, rank these corn sides on the cob, nuggets, cream style, whole kernel. I'll just go ahead and tell you, I only like corn on the cob. I don't like corn nuggets, I don't like cream corn, and I don't like loose corn. Well, then. Yeah. So you're going to have to be the one that ranks. Um, I'd like to point out yet again that I don't understand why it's called corn on the cob and corn is just called corn when the natural state of corn is on the cob. That should be corn, and it should be corn off the cob. I mean, I can see that. Yes. Um. Gosh, I love some corn nuggets. My wife loves them. Whole kernel, is that just like it's just it's off corn. the cob? Yeah. It's just off the cob. It's corn. Um, I used to love like corn on the cob by just taking a stick of butter and just rubbing yeah. the butter on That's the what I, I still do. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to do that all the time. I don't I haven't had corn on the cob in forever. Oh, we have it every now and then. Yeah, I love corn on the cob. I would say probably um corn on the cob first, just for nostalgia purposes. Uh cream corn, corn nuggets, whole kernel. Okay. There you go. Does that work? Yeah, works for me. Who has the best fried okra you have ever had? I, I don't know there's a whole lot of differentiation between the various fried okras I've enjoyed in my life. There's no place it's, that stands out to me as like, man. It's all kind food. of the same. And my, yeah. the, the, the best fried okra that I've ever had is from somebody's house. Yeah. I mean, like out of the, out of the barrel fried okra, fried okra is perfectly good. Yeah, it's fine. But Somebody like grandma like frying you some okra in Different. the in well, the in the pan. That's true about everything though. Her, the, grandma yeah. fried chicken's gonna be better. Grandma's whatever. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. It it would be it, it would be for me homemade fried okra, somebody getting it from their garden mm -hmm. um and frying it in a skillet. Okay. Last one from the Mangum Cafe. Would you like to learn how to drive again? No. No, not really. Yeah, I mean, why Why would I want to learn how to do anything again? Like, there was not a lot of joy involved in that. Weird. That's true. Uh, Brogan Fairchild asks us, I really enjoyed your interview with Zach Selman, but did you also feel he's playing his cards close to the chest? I have a feeling he's going to be doing more in his first year than just building relationships. Well, yeah. I mean, he wasn't just going to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, year one, I plan to have this done. Hey, he's not going to do that. So, yeah, he's, 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 he's hiding some stuff there, as well he should. All right. you, do, do, I have, do I have to? I don't know if you, if you had anything to say. I don't know if you listened to the interview or not. I don't know. I, I just listened to it this morning, actually. I thought it was good. Okay, well, thank you. I but I don't, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I, I can't really twice, get a so. – my first impression of him has been really good. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of a wait and see. Like, how is he going to yeah. handle hiring people? How does he handle NIL? And like, we haven't seen that. anything in motion. Hiring. I mean, he's he may not have to hire anybody year one. He may be a couple years in before that has to happen. So, we'll see. Uh, at any point in your life, what finishing moves do you think you could have actually pulled off? Tons of them. I could pull off some you know, right now. Bonsai drop. You could do that. Yeah. Figure four leg lock. No problem. Sidewalk slam. Basically, any any kind of submission move, I could certainly do that. Outside of maybe like you know, kind of things like there's one. I, I don't know that I could do Tajiri's. I couldn't do the the uh, the spider. Yeah, the tarantula, whatever it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. The tarantula. That's what it's called. You but, couldn't uh, do the swanton bomb. No, nothing off the top rope. No, I could do yeah. a stone cold stunner. Uh, if you didn't weigh, it depends on what you weigh. I might could do a rock bottom. Yeah. That makes sense. If we're in the pool, I can do anything. I can do a choke slam. I can do it all. Last ride, no problem. And I, and I have, and in my adult life, 
I have done a 3D to someone. So we near, we you near, have me, me and Ryan Nelson nearly killed Brian McDuff. I, I didn't get his head <laughs> properly cradled, and he went face first into the ground. That's why they say don't try these moves at yeah, home. We weren't at home. We were outside. Oh, okay. Different. Backyard wrestling. Backyard wrestling. There you go. Were you filming it? No. Oh, God. This was like in the uh, late 90s. Nobody had a camera like that. Just There was a time frame in the late 90s mm-hmm. where it was popular to to film like yeah. wrestling stuff. Like yeah. when, my, when my friends came over to my house, we filmed Monday Night Raw like – we had a Royal Rumble, like stuff like that. Like we we filmed that stuff. We had a commentator. Like we had our own wrestling thing, and that was like popular. I I remember that. Like that was like the thing to do back in the day. Is like you film yourself wrestling, and I think that's how a lot of those guys got. Like the Hardy bro- Hardy brothers uh, did that. Matt and Jeff, uh, Mick Foley filmed himself doing that stuff. Like a lot of people got uh, famous doing that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Robbie, we've gotten a lot of great questions through the years here on the on the rumblings. Uh, and, you know, of course, I've gotten great questions going all the way back to the to ABC with Bob Carskadden. But, my friend, this is one of my favorite questions of all time. I'm not going to lie to you. Kyle Wilson with the question, what is the perfect day of Southern food? Breakfast, lunch, supper, and a snack? Oh. A question we have been begging to answer i gotta be honest okay oh. i'll start you, you, do you want to start with brett well, you do breakfast i'll do breakfast and then lunch we'll see what we agree we'll see what we agree on you gotta have biscuits absolutely all right and you need to have a jelly that isn't just strawberry or grape you need like a blackberry or uh, a peach or something like that kind of preserves preferably homemade okay i'm on strawberry chain strawberry is good right. but i'm just saying homemade Homemade. Yeah, my, homemade. My mother homemade, make homemade. my mother and my grandmother make homemade jelly. My mother's jelly is outstanding. I've had it, and it's right. from her garden. I mean, it's right. it's it's awesome. You got to have two meats. I want either bacon or sausage. I'll take either one. If it's sausage, I want links. I don't want patties. And then I want ham with red eye gravy. Okay. All right. And then we just need some eggs. Some some scrambled eggs will be fine. I think Southerners, for the most part, don't want to do the whole uh, the whole uh, fancy eggs. You know, I mean, an egg over easy is fine, but I think scrambled eggs is fine. And then we want some potatoes. We want hash browns. We don't want home fries. Home fries is a northern thing. I think I want how want Waffle House style hash browns. Okay, that's that's breakfast. Can I can I do my breakfast? Yes. Okay. I'm also going with uh, biscuits or or my mother's homemade rolls. Rolls and, for breakfast. Uh, believe me, you would okay. be all in. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll trust you. You would be all in. Your mom matter needs fact, to bake something for me for my birthday this year. She oh my god, you would. Tell her matter of fact, out. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm, I'm I'm changing. Okay. My mother's homemade cinnamon rolls. I've had those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something else. Yep. My mother's homemade cinnamon rolls. All right. We will have um, bacon. Bacon. We will have, um, and the bacon. The bacon will be fried in the skillet. Okay. And we will scramble eggs. Mm-hmm. We will have my dad's homemade grits. Oh, grits! Yeah, I didn't think about grits. Um, and my mom makes this orange juice punch. That's amazing. My, what do you think about a beverage? My parents brunch is outstanding like we do it we do this brunch every year and they cook breakfast from time to time too but it is outstanding and so i'm i'm going with i'm going with my christmas eve Mm -hmm. my parents brunch that's going to be my breakfast all right for lunch we'll keep it simple we're going meat and three okay gotta go fried chicken i think fried chicken or fried catfish which one are we going with i'm going chicken uh, either one is is good with me. Fried chicken or fried catfish, and then I want mac and cheese, and then you could pick two vegetables. I would say either butter beans or lima beans, and then greens, collards. Okay, that's and, and with 
as much as I hate to say it, that's probably where you want a piece of cornbread. I would want biscuits, but cornbread would be very southern here. I'm going to go in the opposite direction of you for okay. lunch. Okay. Okay. I, I'm pacing myself throughout the day. You got this me interested long, now. I want to see where you're going. Well, this is a long day of, of food. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know, something a little more light for lunch so I can have a nice big supper. I think yeah. I know where you're going. I've just had a really good brunch. So about, you know, 1230, 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. I'm going BLT. Homemade tomato. Mm. That bacon that we have. Well, I hope it's homemade. Breakfast. The, the tomato. Well, you know, from your garden. <laughs> homegrown. <laughs> homegrown. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I got one of the those homegrown. synthetic tomatoes back. There. No, no, no. You know what I mean. Like yeah, they put I some did. steroids in this stuff yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just not the same at the store. So this is coming from, you know, grandpa's garden, nice garden tomato, mm-hmm. sliced up, mayonnaise, okay. pepper and salt, bacon. That's and my lunch. On the side. How about some saltines with pimento and cheese? Uh, that I mean, that could definitely work. That would. We, we my, need pimento and cheese here. For, for which the, we've we've discussed that it's uh, we've discussed here, haven't we? That it's actually pimento cheese, right? Yeah, but we, I, we, I, I don't care. We we've always called it pimento and cheese, and it's called pimento in, cheese. But in I'm, my thirty third year of life, not, I'm too late. I'm too old to change. All right, so that's what we're doing for. Okay, both those are great lunch suggestions. For dinner, I want something that's been cooking for a long time. I want pot roast, mashed potatoes and gravy, green beans. I want rolls with dinner. So your mom your mom can hook, hook me up with them homemade rolls. Yes, you would enjoy those. And then I want for dessert, I want a cobbler. Now I don't like I don't like peaches, but if you do, that's that's fine. But blackberry cobbler, blueberry cobbler, strawberry cobbler are my favorites. Cherry cobbler as well. That's what that's what we're talking about. So pot roast, mashed potatoes and gravy. Got to have the carrots up in the uh, the pot roast. Mm-hmm. Green beans and rolls for dinner. Okay. Um, mine would be grilled pork you, chop. This is where you're gonna go with like fried chicken. No, no. Mine's gonna be grilled pork chop. Ooh. Um, white rice. Oh, with some butter, salt and pepper, mm-hmm. and some brown gravy. On yeah, it. yeah. Rice and gravy That's, is so underrated. It's so good. This, uh, I think we can both speak for ourselves here. This, this spread for a full day mm-hmm. would be heaven for me. I mean, what, I, what what we've both said for dinner, you could easily combine that. I mean, a lot of Southern families would have two yeah. meats and and have rice and all that and mashed potatoes and all that. What do you want for dessert? Um, I think I'm going to go with some kind of pie. So, okay. a little a little pie, the pie. Um, pecan pie would be great. Uh, chocolate pie, yeah. strawberry pie. Yeah, Apple I'm pie. probably going to get like I would probably get like a a um, I would probably go get a pie from. Um, the Crystal Grill in Greenwood. Ooh. Or lemon meringue in an icebox. Ooh, an icebox pie. Yeah. Icebox pie or, you know, their chocolate pie is incredible. Yeah. I'd probably get one from there or I would get somebody in my family to make a pecan pie or something like yeah. that. And that yeah. would be... All right. One other dessert I want, to me, is very Southern, is chess squares. I love chess squares. I want Those chess. are great. All right. What's our snack? Pork rinds? You could. Pork rinds? Pork rinds? Um, if I'm staying with the theme of, like, my my childhood, like, what, mm-hmm. like my family, the Moon pork pie? chopping. So the pork chopping gravy and rice dish is my granddad. He used to make mm-hmm. that for me. My mm-hmm. mom and dad have the brunch. The the BLT, my, my grandmother makes me some of those, like, every mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. I might go with, like, like some tuna salad. Like that was like always a summertime That's a heavy snack, though, man. Well, just a few on on some on some uh, saltine crackers. Okay, okay. That would be that would be good for me. Maybe but if you're going with something like cheese, though, I mean that's what should be our snack. Could be pimento cheese. Yeah. Um. But if you're going with the the old gas station like RC Cola Moon Pie, yeah, combo, yeah, pork rinds, pork rinds. I mean that's the Full way to go. Peanuts. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah. Let me tell you something right now, Kyle. Thank you for that question. I don't know that we've ever had a more pleasant discussion. 
And I want to say, we could do a whole show on that question. We could give you 30 minutes of content. I think I'm going to see if I can do this like sometime soon. I'm going to tell you right now, I think where where your issue is going to come, maybe maybe not that bad because you go light. I I would have to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I need to eat that breakfast at like 8 in the morning and then come back at like 12.30 and eat lunch and then eat dinner around like 6.30. It would have to be an early morning breakfast. Yeah. Come at, come about 12, 12 or 12.30, you eat your BLT or whatever. Yeah. And then at nighttime, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock. There we go. What a great question. Uh, let's see here. Jay in Baltimore. Yes or no, the season will be on track for postseason play if both Casey Hunt and Parker Stinnett are coming out of the bullpen late in the season. You listed Casey Hunt as a potential starter. If he's in the bullpen, is that a good sign or a bad sign for you? Well, it, it could mean that somebody else has just outperformed him. So it's, it's hard to really know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the starting rotation, to be honest with you. I, I feel like it's going to be Landon Gartman and Cade Smith for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I keep thinking that Drangelo Sanjay is going to be in there. Yeah. He's performing really well right now. So, I don't know. I I don't think Parker Sinet's going to be a starter. Yeah, me either. I think KC's got a better he shot. Might, he, might, he could be a, a midweek guy. Could be. Very well could be. But, I don't know. The jury's still kind of out on him, too. Like mm-hmm. I, I, we, we still have to see him do it for a long period of time. Yeah. Andy Losick asked, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Rob Montgomery asked, it's obviously too early, but if you had to put money on it, do you think that Fletcher Cox and or Chris Jones will one day be in the Hall of Fame? I think Fletcher Cox is a Hall of Famer if he retired after this season. And then Chris Jones, he probably needs a couple more years, but he he's right there. On this, on this pace, Chris Jones is absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think you have to put it in the context of his position. He's playing defensive tackle. And I know he every now and then he'll line up on the outside, but he's a defensive tackle for the majority of the ball game. And he not even the greatest defensive player in Kansas City history. Uh uh what's it Derek Burge? Is it Derek Burgess? Okay. I was wondering why you referred to him as the great Derek Burgess. In your article, and I, I just, I, I just saw it. I didn't. Let, Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. What? Who am I thinking? Derek Burgess. Derek Burgess played at Ole Miss. Okay, and I had played for the Raiders for a few years. You need to go. I had him in my head. Okay, okay, thanks for telling me that. I forgot. I, I was literally. Words. I looked at that for Derek a couple Thomas. Minutes and I was like, I'm, what is he saying? And then I, I just like, never mind. I, I got other stuff to do. I'm glad. Sometimes, got- sometimes I get names jumbled up. Derek Thomas had. Never had two seasons of 15 or more sacks. Mm-hmm. And Chris Jones has already done that. And nobody else has done that in the history of their entire franchise. He's top five already in sacks. Yeah, He's going to be 1B at the very worst as far as like their greatest defensive players, I think, yeah. before it's all said and done. Yeah. So I, I think that he is absolutely on track to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that Fletcher's done enough, but, I, I mean, that that's debatable at this point. Okay. We'll he's see. a four-time All-Pro. Mm-hmm. I believe he's, he's been got a, He's Bowl already got times. one Super Bowl, too. Yeah, could get a second. If he gets a second then, Super Bowl, it's going to be tough to keep him out. He's going to be in their ring of honor or whatever they yeah. have, no matter what. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Andy Losick now. Rank the following helmets worn this season. White script, maroon script, dowsing bell, Bowl game. I really want to rank the bowl game last because it makes me sad. Yeah, but it's a it was a sharp look. I like the I, I would go. I don't like white helmets, so I'm going maroon script, bowl game, white script, dowsing belt. I liked those white scripts. I, I'm not a huge white uh, helmet guy either, mm-hmm. but th- for some reason. The white helmets that have the alternate logos on, I like. I, yeah. I really like the the flying M helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably. I think he's almost got these correct. I would put the bowl game right behind the maroon script. I think. Okay, so you, so you got mine the same as as you're the same as me then. 
Well, you said maroon script first. Oh, you like the white script first? Yes. Okay, okay I got you. I got you. Uh, Josh Watson, with the new AD and administration coming in, what are the chances we move on from Adidas for our uniforms? Would you would like? Who would you like to see us get? I don't, I don't think that's on the agenda at all. I don't think it is either. I think people saw Jordan Brand or whatever with Oklahoma and yeah. thought that that – I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, and I don't think Dak is going to be pushing – Jordan Brand or Nike to Mississippi State, so I don't I don't foresee that happening. Here's a fun question, great question here from Sheldon Nations. Humans haven't domesticated a new animal in several thousand years. What do you think is taking so long? What do we want to domesticate at this point? So the, the so, so like somebody ought to been... domesticate your wives based on some of the things I've seen out there on TikTok. I'll tell you that. So what was the last animal that was domesticated? Now you now you're gonna make me look. I mean something like the dog or the cow, I don't know. I mean I'm just trying to think like uh, thousands. Here. So here we have a domestication timeline. According to this, the last one was the llama, 45 40 4,500 years ago. I mean what I, I'm am just trying to figure out like what what constitute being constitutes being domesticated like they can live in your house that they that they can serve you basically they will obey a human's commands or that they rely on humans for their life like if you just put a cow out in the wild right now how long would they live not long so I mean what 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 other animals could you that's not a, that's the domesticate question. Yeah, like what? What am I trying to domesticate? Like eagles? I don't. I well, don't I mean, know. people. I'm sure people have eagles. I mean, no, people do have eagles domesticated because yeah, you the see them and stuff. Yeah. Well, you see them at like you go to Disney World. They have the shows where like the eagle will fly through and then come back. But that's the difference between a trained animal and a domesticated animal. I think. Well, I mean, that animal's basically domesticated. He's living in a controlled yeah. environment that you're, I mean, you're feeding him things, you're giving him treats. Well, that, that, I think what the, the thing is there is he's an outlier, right? Most eagles live in the wild. Whereas with dogs, most dogs are domesticated. They live in, in homes. Well, I mean, so I don't, I don't I mean, know. I believe we should I mean, try how many, to domesticate alligators. How many bears do you know that live in a home? Not many. Bears are wild animals. You shouldn't try to domesticate yes. bears. Would would think we got to find but, animals that we don't think will kill us. You know, can we domesticate the beaver? You know, can we domesticate the, the uh, duck-billed platypus? There you go. I've, the only one I've ever seen of those is the one on uh, on Phineas and Ferb. Okay. So, um, walking bully. Do you agree that Dan Mullen was a better recruiter at state than we give him credit for being? I think Dan Mullen, tell me how you feel about this. I think the guys he got on campus were quality guys, and he was a great evaluator of guys who were underrated and that he knew that he could turn into star players. But where Mullen failed as a recruiter was he was not willing to fight to get higher-rated guys. That's right. As simple as that. He didn't like getting into recruiting battles. Right. That that flustered him. Yes. He was one of those like he. That's why he wanted to get guys on board early, make sure they were locked down, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. He didn't like having to deal with the drama and the, uh, you know, battles back and forth with Ole Miss and people like that. But he was one of the best in the country at evaluating, just his personal evaluations. Um, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that he was after. He was obviously looking at the right guys. Yeah. Now he struggled to get those guys because he I don't think he was really willing to to get down and and fight for them. Um and um you know maybe Mississippi State didn't have I mean let's be honest maybe Mississippi State didn't have the the right network in place to to get some guys like that. Like imagine if they were able to to land Lamar Jackson after they got him in on a visit or Cam Newton. Uh so you look. You look at a lot of guys that visited. You know, the Michael James came in on a visit. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar I'm Jackson. To think. That, that's what I was saying. Oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson and, and Cam I'm Newton. Fine. Yeah. Um, 
You know, but I mean, I'm trying to think who time, else. Like, at the end of the day, to not even get a visit out of AJ Brown, I understand AJ Brown wanted to go out of out of Starkville, fine. But to not even yeah. get him on campus to to visit you officially, I mean, that, that that's something that just can't happen. Um, I mean, there, you know, he got caught off guard his second year with the way Ole Miss went and flipped CJ Johnson and Nick Brazel and all those guys, and his his reproach to that rather was rather than fight back was to. Just like you said, just try to get the guys he had, and if somebody else wants, I mean, you you notice under Moorhead and Leach that outside of MJ Daniels, has there been a big Ole Miss flip? No, no, nobody that nobody that's done anything. Right, I mean, so and even yeah, MJ so I mean, it's like anything, but that was a noteworthy flip. And, and also, you know, you look at the last the, the last few classes, like. We kept we kept hearing like Tulu Griffin's going to flip the Ole Miss. Yeah. Never did. You yeah. know we kept hearing all this stuff about you know well you know so and so they're just going to flip the Ole Miss at the end and it never happened. Never you happened. Know, Ole Miss was going to come in late and get Isaac Smith. Didn't happen. Right. Kelly Didn't happen. Jones. And we'll see on this Jonathan Davis thing. I mean Mississippi State is winning those battles. Yeah. That I think probably they would have lost under lost. Mullen. That's the difference. All right. Uh, moving on here. Phil Horrell asks. You ever find yourself in a town wanting to attend an event but couldn't get out of another obligation? I am in Columbia, South Carolina, and I want to attend the MSU South Carolina basketball game, but I have a dinner meeting for 6.30. Poor planning on my part. I don't know that I've ever had a situation like that where I was like, oh, I got to do this, but I want to go to this. You got one that stands out for you, or is there anything like that? Not really. Yeah. Maybe it's because I think with us the reason for that is if we're in town for a business, we're there for the sporting event. <laughs> so it's like you know the only thing I would I would I, I would give an example, but this it didn't work out was when we were at SEC Media Days this past year on Wednesday, Dynamite was in Duluth, Georgia, which is like thirty minutes outside of Atlanta, and I thought about wanting to go to that, but uh we ended up leaving in media days a day early. We were not going to be there on Thursday. So we got out of our hotel rooms and everything else. So I would have had to drive back after dynamite to Starkville, which yeah. means, you know, you're leaving Georgia at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I got to drive five hours. I did not want to do that. So I was just like the hell with it. So I guess that might be my best example. I was thinking about, I was thinking you know, if there was an event like that, but not really. I usually, yeah. if I really want to go to something and I'm, it's in town, I usually try to find a way. Yeah. The, I haven't had that conflict yet. Yeah. Uh, last questions here today come to us from Brad Baxter. With the 2022, when this next athletic year is over, who will end up being the biggest impact transfer state had in any sport? I'll be really surprised if it's not Colton Ledbetter. Yeah. I mean, just from a football transfer standpoint, there's not anybody that just stands out to me like, wow, they're going to have a monster year. And then for basketball, we don't know who those transfers are yet. So, got to wait on them. But right now, as it stands, I think Colton Ledberger is the guy everybody would predict. Could be, um, you know, Freddie Roberson. That's your maybe. best chance in football, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that would that would that count as the athletic year Next year, would that be twenty three, twenty four? Ooh, so it wouldn't. That's that wouldn't technically twenty three, twenty four. So it's gonna, it's gonna probably have to come from baseball because there hasn't really been a standout transfer, has there? No. In the other sports, no. Yeah, so I think that's probably yeah. it's probably gonna have to come from baseball. And then who will end up being the biggest impact freshman state had in any sport? I'm I'm gonna say somebody like Dakota Jordan. No, no. You think? Over you think he'll have a bigger impact than Xavion Thomas had? Yeah. Okay. Xavion Thomas had a big punt return and that's about it. He had like what when two he was or three given catches. the opportunity, you saw though that he's gonna be a good return man. So. But I I think that we're gonna see way more from Dakota Jordan this year right. than we saw from Xavion Thomas. That's good good news. That'll be great news. So let me ask you this, and I asked Crystal Monis a few weeks ago. Can Dakota Jordan have the kind of freshman season, not the same numbers because they're not the same player, but can he have the same kind of impact that Hunter Hines did? Ooh, that's going to be tough. I don't know if he's – that's freshman All-American stuff. Yeah. 
I don't know if he's going to have that kind of impact, but I do think he's going to make his presence known. Yeah. You'll you'll know about him. You'll start seeing okay. flashes of him. And he's gonna I think he's gonna hit, you know, a freshman wall at a time. Mm-hmm. But there's just some things from him that are kind of uncommon for freshmen. I mean, the way the ball jumps off the bat mm-hmm. is that he's got a pretty good swing on him. And I think he can play some good outfield too. So I, I think he's got a chance to be a really good one. I like it. All right. That's it for today. So tomorrow's show. Uh, I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. Talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Guys, have a great Something thir- will come up. Exactly. Guys, have a great Wednesday, and we'll be back with you on Thursday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.